John 14, John 14. Grab your Bibles, turn to John 14. John 14, where we stopped. If you need a lesson, if you need a lesson and you didn't hear me say get one a while ago, raise your hand. We'll, gra- we'll make sure you get one. Anybody need a lesson? Raise your hand if you need a lesson right here in the middle. Right here in the middle, Brother John, turn around behind you. Right here in the middle, right here on this side, Law Dog. There we go. All right. Anybody else? Over here, over here, over here. There you go, Griggs. There you go. Anybody in the balcony? Everybody good in the balcony? Oh, see, that balcony, they own it. They own it. Say amen, balcony. Yeah, all right. Either that or they can't read one or the other. It's it's good. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? Uh, How'd the sign team do Sunday night? They do incredible? Yeah, yeah. Got to give them some props. But you know what? Let me tell y'all. Y'all can believe what you want to believe. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, You can be wrong if you want to. Uh, But that was all the anointing of God. Uh, listen, you, 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 can, you, can, you can do whatever you want to do, and you can, you can have talent, and you can do all that stuff, but that 30 people don't get saved without the touch of God, and, and, and I thank God. I thank God for talent, and I thank God for uh, someone wanting to do something, but I tell you what, I'm even more grateful for the Holy Ghost, amen, and we're going to learn a little bit about that tonight, all right? Let's look at the second part of John 14. Uh, if you if you are new, we're going through John. We are in the uh, we're in the upper room. Jesus has revealed to his disciples he's fixing to leave. He has turned their world upside down. I mean, they are so discombobulated. They don't know what's up and what's down. They, all they know is their hero is leaving. They've left everything to follow this man, and he just said he's fixing to leave, and here they are. They're, 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 what in the world is going on? And they are troubled. Say that with me. They are, they are troubled. He starts this chapter out with, let not your heart be, let not your heart be troubled. Then he tells them about heaven. He encourages them. I tell you what, there's nothing that will encourage a troubled heart about all the junk going on down in this earth, like knowing we ain't going to be here forever. This is not, this is not our home. This is not our home. Uh, We're just passing through. We're just passing through. Amen. Now he, he shifts gears. He shifts gears a little bit. And he moves from, hey, I'm going to prepare you a place. Hey, I'm going to build you a home. I'm going, and if I go, I will come again. But now, now he, he's getting their mind back here on this earth. He's getting their mind back here on this earth. I got to go, but you got to stay, and you have a reason. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, all right? Church, say amen. amen. All right, it says in, in verse number, let's see, let's start with verse Verse uh, 6, verse 6, that's where we stopped last week. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father. And the Father in me, 
or else believe me for the very works that I, or excuse me, for the very works sake. Now remember this, remember this. They're, they're like, <gasps> they're, 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 they're in a confused state. They're trying to figure out what to believe. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I, I thought for three years, we thought you was going to be the king. We thought you was going to rule. Uh, we thought you was going to kick Rome out of here and we was going to have a kingdom. We're going to rule with you and you. And now he's reassuring them and convincing him. And he's telling, because you remember what he said in the very first part of that chapter? He said, if you believe in God, believe also in, in me. So he's convincing him. He said, hey, everything's all right. Everything's all right. You can still trust me. You can still believe me. Now, if you have seen me, you have seen the. Because, see, you got to understand, all that they knew, all that they knew up until the point that Jesus came to this earth was God Yahweh, the Father, if you will. But now the Son has come on the scene, and the Son is the manifestation of the Father. So if you have seen the Son, you have seen the Father. All right. Does that make sense? Say amen. Now watch, here we go. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson tonight. Verse number 12. You remember what I said when he goes to, he, he goes to doubling up words on you? Verily, verily, kind of like truly, truly, it's important what I'm fixing to tell you, all right? In other words, slow down. In other words, hey, see? That's what, that's what that is. He's getting their attention. Look, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And and, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. Lord, thank you so much for the, the, just a, the awesome privilege that it is to be in this place. Lord, thank you for a, a, a good crowd tonight that's come out and hungry. They're hungry for your word. They're hungry for the bread of life. And I pray that you'll help me to break it down. Help me to make it very easy to understand. I pray that you'll take it and use it for your glory. I pray that you'll build. I pray that you'll bless. I pray that you'll edify. I pray that your perfect will be done. God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, you may, you may be seated. Now here in, in, in where we are looking at the present time, Jesus first, he instructs them and tells them, you remember, they're upset. They're, 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 they're worried, they're, they're stressed, they're troubled. He tells them about heaven. Hey, listen, don't worry. I've got to go, but the reason I'm going, uh, uh, I've got to go prepare you a place. If I go and prepare you a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself to where I am there. You may be also, everything's all right. Don't sweat it. Everything's good, right? And he's telling them about the future. He's telling them about heaven, Right? Listen, to encourage somebody, tell them about heaven. Tell them about what's waiting on them. Tell them about what's fixing to take place. You can, you can, uh, you know what, I, uh, 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 Brother Payne, uh, Brother Payne went to heaven this week. Yesterday, matter of fact, uh, uh, went to glory. We went to see him uh, 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 just a couple days before that took place. And he, he was talking about home. 
He, he's he'd been struggling with cancer, and, 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 and all he says, man, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. You know, I could, I, could have dangled, I could have dangled the keys to a Mercedes Benz in front of him. Wouldn't have meant nothing to him. I could have said, hey, there's, a, there, there's this big, there's, there's big house out here on the lake, and I've got the keys to it. I'm going to give it to you. That wouldn't have meant nothing to him. But when we sat in that living room and we started talking about a gold street and we started talking about the walls of Jasper and we started talking about the gates of pearl, he perked up, he got excited. You know why? Because he was talking about home. And so he's encouraging them by talking about home, by talking about what they've got to look forward to. Encouraging them saying, listen, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. This is not all you got to look forward to. This is not all there is. There is coming a sweet, glad, getting up day. Say amen. But, but, until that day gets here, we got work to do. How, how many of you ever heard the, the phrase or terminology, so heavenly minded, you're no. Listen, guys, I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait to see the ones that's already over there. I can't, I can't wait to see the ones we buried and the ones that's gone on before us. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Can't wait for that reunion. Can't wait for that trumpet to sound. Can't wait to see my loved ones again. But you know what? If that's all I ever do is sit around and think about that, I am no good to my Lord here on this earth. So this is what he's doing. First he tells them about the home. First he tells them about heaven and all of that. But then he brings brings their attention back to what is really important at the moment. At the moment. In other words, he's saying, hey, heaven's wonderful. Heaven's waiting on you. I'm going to prepare you a place. But until then... You got work to do. Y'all see that? The works that I have done, he that believeth on me, greater works will he do also. Church, say amen. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about. Our work. We have work to do. We have work to do. And guess what? Greater works. Greater works. If you ever ever study your Bible, if you ever study your Bible and go... And look at the, the, the places through the Old Testament where they're rebuilding the wall. They're rebuilding the wall. And, 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 and listen, that Sam Ballot and Tobiah, they're trying to, they're trying to pull down and, and they're trying to get Nehemiah to stop working. And, 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 and by the way, anytime you do something for God, there's always going to be critics and there are always going to be negative people and there are always going to be people telling you you can't do it. Always, always. And, and, and they're trying to stop the progress. And they said, hey, come down and meet with us. Come down and meet with us. All the time. Kept, kept trying to distract him and tra- trying to detour him. And, and come down and meet with us. And, and this is his response. This is, this is the greatest response. He said, I can't come down because I'm doing a great work. A great work. You know what our problem is sometimes? We don't really see how great a work we're doing. And I don't mean how, how good we're doing it. I'm talking about the work that we're doing. It's a great work. Do you realize in witnessing to somebody is a great work? Making sure somebody can make it to heaven and escape hell is a great work. Doing everything you can to pray and intercede on somebody's behalf to save their marriage, save their home. That's a great work. 
But it's hard to, it's hard to judge that. It's hard, to, it's hard to do that. I can look at a carpenter and I can look at his house and you can sit back and see the final product and you can see all of that. But boy, ministry is just not that way. Ministry just keeps on going, just keeps on going, just keeps on going. But you're doing a great work. You're doing a great work. That's why I said, be not weary in well-doing. Why would he tell us that? Because he knows we'd get that way. Amen? Now, here's the, here's the three things, and I'll get to that. I know I usually go too long in the intro, but here, here, here it is. Here's, here's the points. If you're taking notes, I want, you to see, I want you to see the people of great works. The people. The people. This is really good. I love this part. Look what he says. Verily, 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 I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Who's he say? He that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. Say, what kind of people, what kind of people are going to do great works? A, simple people. Simple people. There's a great possibility seven of the disciples were fishermen. We know definitely four of them, but there's a great possibility there was three others because when he said, I go a fishing, uh, the, the others were with him. There were seven in the boat with him. Uh, but we know specifically uh, Andrew and Peter and, and, and James and John, all four of them, we know specifically they were, but we think that, that there was three others that were too. Uh, and, and, and they were just simple fishermen. They were not educated. Matter of fact, the Bible says that they perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men. But guess what? These ignorant and unlearned men turned the world upside down. Amen. He says, they that believe on me, not the special, not the great, not the powerful, not, listen, not the educated, not all of these things. And all that stuff's great and wonderful. But you don't have to have any of that to do something great for Jesus. Listen, Seven of them, great possibility seven of them were fishermen. Then we have a tax collector. Put this down. Not only simple people, but sinful people. Sinful people. He goes to Matthew. Matthew is kind of like Zacchaeus. Matthew was a tax collector. Y'all with me? He was a tax collector who worked for the Roman government. Now, he was a Jew working for the Roman government and most all the tax collectors, they not only took the taxes, but they took extra for themselves and was basically stealing. Not a whole lot's changed, amen? Shake it off, shake it off. Y'all with me? They were hated. The Jewish people hated these guys. They hated the Romans terribly. And if you teamed up with them against your own people, they really hated you. That's why they were so mad at Jesus because he was spending time with Zacchaeus. He, he tells Matthew, come and follow me. Matthew leaves it all and follows him and then throws a party for all his sinner friends. And they get mad at Jesus because he's hanging out at the party with sinner friends. He says, look at him. He receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Y'all with me? So sinful people. Imagine this. One of the disciples was a zealot. 
What is a zealot? A Jewish revolutionary soldier and a, a riot inciting revolutionary who was trying to do everything they could to overthrow the Roman government. Imagine the dinner table. Think about it. When Simon sits across the table, this Jewish zealot, this Jewish revolutionary, this Jewish extremist who's probably used every tactic known to man, probably had killed Roman soldiers, and he's sitting across the table from Matthew. The traitorous Jew who was working for the Roman government. How you doing? See, some of this stuff like this we don't think about. But that's who Jesus picked. Peter denied him. They all run out on him. Paul was a murderer. But guess what? They did some great works. Great works. Even though they were simple, even though there wasn't much to them, even though they had issues, even though they, they messed up and had their flaws, there was a key to God using them. Listen, they were sinful, they were simple, but see, they were surrendered. They were surrendered. Look what it says. Look what it says. Luke 5, 27. By the way, I forgot this one. James and John had a bad temper. Did y'all get that? You bad temper people in here? <clears throat> at one time, <clears throat> at one, matter of fact, God called them sons of thunder. <laughs> Let that sink in a minute. <clears throat> right? At one time, people didn't act the way they thought they should have acted, so they turned to Jesus and said, let's call fire down on them. And Jesus is like, what? Look, I, I come to save. I come to save. Shut up. They were literally boisterous, bad-tempered. Isn't this amazing? You got bad temper. You got Peter who's always putting his foot in his mouth all the way to the kneecap. You got Thomas that's, you know, struggling, doubting. Hey, I don't know. And look how God used them. Why? Why? This will tell you. Look here. Luke, look in your notes. It's right under your notes. Luke 5, 27. Read it with me. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican, that's a tax collector, named Levi, that's Matthew, by the way, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. Now read this with me, underline. And he, say it again, and rose up and look what Peter said, Matthew 20, 20 or excuse me, Matthew 10, 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, lo, we have left and followed thee. What's the, what's the point? The point is this. I remember, <clears throat> I remember going to 
I remember going to Bible college. And uh, Travis, I don't know what your first impression was. I, I don't even remember what, which building we was in when, when you came, but Dad, you remember the first time we went into Victory and, uh, you know, it, it, it was like, I think they held at that time about 600 or something like that or six or 800 and, and uh, I, I, th I thought it was huge, probably the biggest building I've ever been in. And, and, and it was very intimidating, I ain't gonna lie. I, I didn't like it at first. And when, when people come in and you hear first-time attenders, because I always ask first-time attenders, what was your first impression? Usually they're, they're scared. Many times first-time attenders that come in, they, it, it's intimidating because all these people in here, they're usually used to a smaller church, smaller group of people. And I get that. I understand that because I'm, I'm telling you, when I first went to Bible college, it, I didn't like it. I didn't, man, as soon as I said, in Jesus' name, amen, pew, I was going outside the door. Until I got used to it. Once I got used to it, pfft, ain't nothing to it. It's just, it just people, you know. But, but I, I get that and understand that. But I saw that and I saw different, different preachers and different ministries. And, and, and this is, I'm telling you, this is the mindset. This is the mindset. I, even after I graduated college and, 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 and you know, was out on, on my own, I guess if you'd say, uh, I always thought that that kind of stuff was for them special ones. In other words, in other words, Dr. Brown, he was just special and he, 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 he had, you know, uh, 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 there's just God, God just kind of liked him. And different ones, I just thought, well, you know, I'm just going to be, I, 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 honestly, if I'm just going to be straight up honest, I, I, I didn't think I'd, I'd be no more than an assistant to my father or, or a youth director or something like that down in, down in Fort Pierce. Had no, this, this was way beyond in the early stages till God had to get me out here by myself where it's just me and him. But I only thought stuff like this was for special people. Amen. I'm special, but not in that way. Amen. <laughs> and I'm, I, this, is, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm just regular people. I, I don't, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't want to be in front of nobody. I don't want to be popular. I don't want to be none of that. I want to be in my truck with my dog in the woods. Say amen. amen. People say, well, what if the, the people inviting you, you know, to go here and go there and go, I don't even want that. That crimps into my coon hunting. Say amen. <laughs> I don't have to have all that. I don't even want all of that. I'm just, a, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your educational background. If I could take you, if I could take you to Bethel Baptist Church and show you from, from the time we moved there and when I was a little old bitty kid to the time that, that dad left and see the changes and what God, God did with a, a very uneducated person. And I don't mean that derogatory. My dad will stand and testify. He basically learned to read by studying his Bible. But look what God did. And we're sitting back in our chairs. We're sitting back thinking that them special stuff and that great work is, is for great people. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as great people. The two, two older gentlemen were playing checkers at, at a country store and, and some tourists pulled up and said, Hey, was there any great people born in this town? One of them said, Nope, just babies. <clears throat> And you know what? That's all we are. And don't let, don't let what someone thinks about you, don't let what someone says about you. And man, let me say this. I, I bet I can go past that. 
Don't let what you think about yourself hold you back. It's amazing. I just look around at all this. Wow. I was sitting there Sunday. Just looking at all the people Sunday and all the excitement Sunday and all the shouting and praising and worship and blessing. And now like, man, this is great. And we get to be a part of it. Let me read a verse because this will help you. This will help you. Look what it says. <clears throat> up, up under simple people. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. When you get there, say amen. amen. It's right in your notes right there. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God chose the... God chose the... Weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. How many of y'all know when David, when David first come on the scene, basically publicly, nationally, if you will, Saul was the king of Israel and he was a head taller than everybody else. Everybody else short in stature, he was a head taller and he was a big dude. I mean, he was, he was, he was. His profile was just unbelievable. If anybody should have been down in that valley fighting that giant, it would have been him. All right? But God had other plans. When, when, when David comes up, and David, he, 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 y'all know the story, trying to make it a long story short, we'll never get through with this, but he comes up and he decides to do something about it. He says, somebody needs to do something, we're going to do something. Is there not a cause? Let's make this happen. Let's get after it. The most interesting thing is said that stands out. I don't know why this stands out to me, but when you read that, this is what it says. You're but a lad and a youth. And this is what he says about Goliath. He has been a man of war since his youth. But guess who God picked? Do you know what? Do you know what Goliath asked for? Send me a man. Night and day. Forty days. Well, actually, thirty-nine. God answered him on the fortieth. Night and day. Send me a man to fight with me. Send me your best. Send me the best soldier you have. Give me your best fighter. Send me a man. God says, I'm going to send a youth. And y'all know what happened. Y'all know what happened. The slain, the stones. And here's the thing. This is the biggest key that nobody, I don't think, ever picks out of this deal. When David went in that valley, he wasn't flexing muscles. You know what he was saying? Goliath, let me tell you something. Today, today, everybody is going to know there's a God in Israel. Goliath is saying, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. And all David is saying is, God is going to handle you. And the Philistines on one side 
and the Israelites on the other side, they're all going to know. What's he doing? He's giving all glory to God. You want me to tell you who God will use? The ones that will give him glory. You want me to tell you who God will use greatly? The one who will give him all the glory. Surrendered. You don't have to be great in man's eyes. You don't even have to be great in your own eyes. All you got to be is surrendered. Here am I. Send me. Church, say amen. Listen, people of greater worth. Then number two. <clears throat> number two, what's it say? What's it say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, that's the people of great works. The works that I do, say it with me, the. Works that I do. Say it again, the. Works that I do. Shall he do also. I want you to see number two, the pattern. The pattern of great works. The pattern of great work. We're making this church stuff way too complicated. We've got program on top of program on top of program on top of this and on top of that. And there's churches that's got calendars that are slammed full of junk, slammed full of stuff, and not accomplishing anything. What are we supposed to be doing? He says, whatever I did, you do. That's what he said. The work that I do... He shall. Amen. Now, now, as we look through the book of John, especially John, but as you look through all of the Gospels, you're going to find, you're going to find two major things. I mean, all of them, you're going to find a lot of things. You're going to find all kinds of different miracles, all kinds of different things. But you're going to find two primary, you can put all of it in these two categories. First, first, what do you see him more than anything? Loving people. Loving people. It says Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. What is the care ministry model? Which y'all y'all probably haven't heard this. Some of y'all have in the early days of the care ministry. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a need and meet it. It's simple as that. It's just loving people. It's just loving people. How many y'all know? How many y'all know? And, and here's the problem too. Here, here's the problem. Uh, uh, how many of you can't manufacture that? You can't manufacture that. You know why? When you try to manufacture that, you run into unlovable people. And, 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 and manufactured love don't work with unlovable people. Have y'all figured that out? Now, manufactured love works good with lovable people. Works good, works fine. But when you run into a jerk, y'all with me? Then, then the real you will manifest itself. How many of y'all have manifested before? <clears throat> right? But guess what? When we're full of him, we see people like he sees them. How do he see them? 
he didn't see him like a bunch of aggravations. He, he, didn't, he didn't see him as a, a bunch of waste of times. He saw him as sheep having no shepherd. He had compassion on him. And he loved him. Everywhere he went, he loved him. Everything he saw was out of love. Every action that he took, every thought that he had, every deed that he accomplished, it was all touched by love. Are y'all with me? What does our church need to do? In order to be, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? What kind of works? Come on, everybody. So if we're going to do a great work, if, if Temple is going to be known for doing great works, what is it going to have to start with? Say it again. Say it again. Loving people. Just loving them. Loving them. Loving them. Love endureth all things, beareth all things, believeth all things. Y'all know, 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all with me? You know that real hard chapter in the Bible? (laughs) But you can't do it without him. He said, if I do it, you do it. Love people. How did he love people? To the point that the one that was nailing to a cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's serious. Loving people. B, write this down. Laboring. Watch this, watch this word. Watch this word. Patiently. Laboring. Patiently. Laboring. Patiently. How patient do you think Jesus was with his tax-collecting disciple and his zealot? (laughs) And the sons of thunder who wanted to shower everybody with fire. Peter, who thought he was better than everybody else. Even after he'd spent time in the inner circle, the three amigos, Peter, James, and John, and yet he was still arrogant and full of himself. How many times did Jesus have the eye roll? Right? Till he had to wash their feet. Arguing over who was going to be the greatest. Time after time after time after time. He had to teach them and work with them. and Be patient with them. To me, that's harder than loving people. <laughs> I find it easier to love people than to wait on them. Oh, y'all are all more spiritual than me. I can tell that right now. Amen? How many of y'all are like me, be honest, just say, I want what I want and I want it now? Laboring patiently. Patiently. Let's love people. Let's preach. Let's teach. If we find a hurt, let's do everything we can to heal it. If we find a need, let's do everything we can to fill it. And I promise you, I promise you, if we do those things, if we do those things, it'll be a great work. It'll be a great work. Now here, here is the important part. Now, now we're coming back. <clears throat> Not that the other stuff wasn't important, but now we're coming back to why he's leaving. 
Because you remember, all this conversation started with, I'm leaving. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going back to be with the Father. I'm leaving. Now watch what he says in the very next verse. Verse number 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. What's the next word? Come on, everybody. Say it again. Because. Because. You see, now now he's, he's coming back to a reason. What did he say in the first part of the chapter? First part of the chapter, he said, I I go to prepare a place for you. He said, that's why I'm leaving. I got to go and prepare a place for you. But if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Now he's coming back and saying, listen, you're going to do greater works, but how are you going to do greater works? And, and by the way, let's look at, go back to your notes. Go back to your notes. I want you to look at the paragraph right underneath Matthew 9, 35. All right, and then we'll jump into number three. When, when you get there, say amen. The greater works, these things that he was referring to, would apply initially to the apostles who were given the power to perform special miracles as a credentials of their office. In other words, and these were temporary, by the way. There's nobody that's walking through and, and, and falling in the shadow of a preacher or a televangelist and, and are healed of their diseases. That was a temporary deal that God allowed for the early church to get it established and to give them uh, credentials for who they were that God was truly on them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. If that was the case, if, if, listen, if, if, if that was still taking place, then why are these birds not walking up and through the children's hospital today? Amen. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Now, this was, this, at that particular time, It was apostolic, and it was for that period of the early church, all right? Now, but here's the the significant part. These miracles were not greater in quality. Say that with me. They were not greater in For the servant is not greater than his Lord, John 13, 16, but rather in scope and quantity. Peter preached one sermon and 3,000 sinners were converted in one day. The fact that ordinary people performed these signs made them even more wonderful and brought great glory to God. Here's the thing. Jesus primarily served and worked and did the things and the works that he did in the, in the area of Jerusalem, in the area of the Galilee region, and, 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 and some smaller areas outside of that. That was his primary place. But he was telling them, you're going to go into all the world. You're going to, listen, I ministered to a few, but you're going to minister to many. Are y'all with me? I mean, you think about the one that just went to heaven today. Millions of people, millions of people have heard the gospel and have heard how to get to heaven because of that one individual. Are y'all with me? That's what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, I was here temporarily. I was here for a short period of time. I was here and I did great works, but you're going to do greater. I worked in Jerusalem. I worked in Galilee. I worked in Capernaum. I did these things, but you're going to go to all the world. world. That makes sense. Say amen. Amen. Now watch. This This is the significant part. This is the important part. Look what it says. He says in verse number 12. He said, greater works than these shall ye do. What's the next word? Say it again. Because. Why and how? 
Why and how are you going to do these greater works? Because I'm doing what? I'm going back to the Father. Now, two things. Write this down. Two things, and this will make sense. This will make sense. First, I, I didn't give you number three yet, did I? Power. Power. The power for greater works. The power for greater works. All right? Write this down. A, the power is from a person. The power is from a person. Watch what he says he's going to do when he goes back to the Father. Okay? Look at the verse in front of you. John 16, 5. You there? Right there in front of you. Look at your notes. John 16, 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, whether goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It is important. It's critical. It's a priority that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will... I will send him unto you. Now, y'all have been in church long enough. Y'all know who that is. Who is that? The Holy Spirit, right? Okay. Look, Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's the Holy Spirit. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with from on high. What did he say in Acts 1, 8? But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What is he saying? Listen, the way and the reason you're going to be able to do greater works is because I'm not going to be with you anymore. I'm going to be in you. Not with you, but in you. While he was here on this earth, he was in a human body and he could be in Capernaum, but then he would have to walk to Jerusalem. Then he would have to walk to Cana. Are y'all with me? But when he left, he would send his spirit, and now he would be in all of them. So when Paul was in Caesarea, and Peter was in Jerusalem, and Philip was in... Are y'all with me? In other words, listen, I'm in all of you. Greater works. The same God, the same God that's meeting with us tonight, is the same God that's meeting with churches across this community and meeting in churches across this country and meeting in churches across this continent and meeting in churches all over this world. They are meeting and God is meeting with them because he is not just with us, he is in us. Yeah, it is. Imagine this. Imagine this. Let's just illustrate this. You might not be a golfer, but if you're a golfer, you can appreciate this. It's one thing, or a boxer or anything else you want to use. It's one thing for Tiger Woods to stand in front of you and say, do this or don't do that. Your swing's a little flat. Maybe you need to bring it up a little higher. Maybe you need to twist and get, get a little more torque there. And him saying, it, now that's great. That'd be cool. Phil Mickelson, if you don't like Tiger, Phil Mickelson, whoever you want to pick. That doesn't matter to me. And that's one thing, and that's a help. Wouldn't you agree? Y'all don't agree with that? (laughs) A professional's won millions of dollars? Come on, people. That'd be great, wouldn't it? 
But what if it was possible for them to enter you? And then you swing like them. And hit like them. Oh, yeah. See the difference? Jesus saying, now, while I'm here, I'm here. But when I go, I'm going to be in you. And no matter where you go, I'm going to be with you. Does this make sense? He said, I got to go. It's critical. He uses the word expedient. It's important. It's priority. I got to go. Because if I don't go, he won't come. But if I go, he will come. I'm going to send him. That's why he said, don't leave Jerusalem. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. Excuse me. Just Acts. Let's just say Acts 1. And Matthew, at the end of Matthew, gives him the great commission. He tells them what they're going to do. They're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right? Go to every creature. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. Right? The great commission. And, and, and Acts, he says, you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. Blah, 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 blah. But the one thing he said, do not leave Jerusalem till you get it. Because you can have all the zeal, you can have all the desire, you can even have your purpose. You can even have, you, you, they had their purpose, we're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. All right, yeah, but they was missing something. And what they were missing was the only thing that was going to make it work. What these kids did up here Sunday night, great. But it wasn't their skill to sign that broke the hearts of the people in this room. That was the Holy Ghost. Where's the power to do these greater works? In the in the person that's promised. He said, I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him. But then, write this down. <clears throat> well, I really thought we'd get out early. I really did. We, we may still. Write this last one down. It's all about prayer, guys. It's all about prayer. Power for greater works is coming from a person. But it's coming through prayer. Look what he says in the next verse. And whatsoever, verse 13, y'all there say amen? amen? And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Yeah. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, now, let me warn you. Don't take that like a Chinese buffet. We've not heard about them Chinese buffets this week, haven't we? Don't take that one verse out of everything else. Don't take that one verse out of everything else and, and, and go to the name it and claim it club. Jesus said, I can ask for anything I want and he's going to do it. That's not what he said, is it? Let's go back. Look what he says in verse 13 when it comes to prayer and what you're asking for. When it comes to prayer, let me say it again. When it comes to prayer and what you're asking for. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, Whatever you're asking for, whatever you're asking for, 
That will I do for this purpose. For this purpose. That the Father may be. Is that Lamborghini you're asking Jesus to give you? Going to bring glory to the Father? Or to you? That thing you're wanting to have happen, that, that whatever that might be, is that for the glory of God? Or the comfort of self? I, I, I say in here, ooh. Look at, look at the verse. Look at the verse. I know it's convicting. It convicted me too. 1 John 5, 14, right underneath there. You remember when you're studying your Bible? You remember when you're studying your Bible? If you find something that, that seems a little out of place, always compare Scripture with Scripture. Say that with me. Compare. Okay. So he said, whatever you ask, I'll do it. Right? Now we know he's saying if it's going to glorify the Father. But here's even a more significant key. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his then he what? Heareth us. Preacher, I've been asking, I've been asking, I've been asking, I've been asking. Is it his will? Is it his will? You know what? When I was at Long Branch, I had plans and visions and everything. I'd look out the, my, the back of my office. It was on the back of the, the church and there's a cornfield in the back of the church and I just seen a big old church building out there. One day we're going to build a church out there in that cornfield. And I asked for that. But it wasn't his will. He had something a whole lot bigger in mind than I did. So, there's something significant that we need to understand in our prayer. I think it's really good to pray for what you want. I do. But, with the understanding, God, let this glorify you. And Lord, what is your will? I, I, and let me, let me preface what I'm saying, because I, I, some of y'all are looking at me funny. <clears throat> I think you need to pray for what you, what if I don't know his will? Then pray for what you want till he reveals his will. Paul said, take this thorn from my side, take this thorn from my side, take this thorn. How many times did he pray it? Three times. But guess what? He kept asking for what he wanted till God revealed to him his will. What was his will? He said, look, man, I can't take this from you because you, you, you've been really gifted. You've been really blessed. You've got to go to third heaven. Ain't nobody been blessed like you've been blessed. And if I leave you to your own self, you're going to get prideful. You're going to get arrogant. And I won't be able to use you. So this is a gift for you. So what did Paul do? He changed his prayer. He said, therefore, will I gladly glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
But he asked for what he wanted till God revealed his will. But then when God revealed his will, he accepted it and received what God had for him. There was another person that prayed three times for something he wanted. And he was closer to the Father than Paul was. Let this cup pass from me. How many times did he ask for what he wanted? But he said, nevertheless, not my, but thy. You know what happened when Jesus went to the cross? It brought much glory to the. You want to guarantee your prayer to get answered? Do everything you can in your asking and in your prayer to glorify the Father. Because that's the purpose you were put on this planet for to begin with. And by the way, if you do that, you're going to like your life. Amen. Greater works. Guys, he's basically saying, suck it up, buttercups. You got work to do. Now, this is great that we talk about heaven. And it's great that we talk about going home. And it's great that we talk about the golden street. But we ain't there yet. And if God hasn't taken you home, you got work to do. And that's loving people. And laboring patiently. Church say amen. amen. Three minutes early. It's a record. Amen. All right, we're going to pray. Hey, Brother Scott, good to have you with us tonight. Will you stand and pray real loud? And everybody else, just mosey back there and get your children tonight. Because they're going to be in shock that you're early. All right? All right, Brother Scott.